0: Hey, it's Talk Gnosis. And look, we got Sola Jesus again. She's got a new album out. Uh, Everybody, it's really debated what the definition of Gnosticism is. And I think people who watch and listen to the show regularly have picked up that my definition of Gnosticism is whatever I'm into this week. But that said, I I see a lot of uh, Gnostic themes in Zola Jesus' work. Uh, I I think we're going to talk about the title of her new album a little bit. But uh, we're really hyped to have you back on the show, Nika. Uh, It's a real honor. You know, I really consider you one of our our greatest living musicians, I guess. Yeah, I think that's about right. So, uh, and if everybody doesn't know uh, her work, go out and buy it. And you know what? I usually do a a plug for our Patreon at the top of the show. But uh, sign up for Zola Jesus' Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Zola Jesus and go to her homepage and uh, buy her new album, Archon. Get it on vinyl, treat yourself. And uh, I'm assuming it's streaming. So, I mean, I, I know it's streaming. That's how I listen to it. So when you go to bed at night, open up your computer, go to Spotify, YouTube, you know, Apple Music, whatever it is you listen to music with, uh, turn the volume off on your computer, set it to repeat and just have it play all night long just have it stream over and over again because we want to get that that big i don't know 26 cents that spotify would send you um thank you thank you and oh sorry and one more commercial patreon.com slash gnostic give us money so we can keep doing the show if you can't give us money that's fine i don't have any money uh, you can help us out by telling people about the show, Either sending out your favorite episode, which will be this one, telling people about the show, like, and subscribing. And one-time donations at paypal.me slash Gnostic. Um, Nika, yes. my first question is, why did you call the album Archon?
1: Because <laughs> we're living in archonic times. <laughs> it's hard to avoid it. I mean, you know, I was thinking a lot about just, the world that we're living in and the world that i made the record in and it was just very traumatic uh kind of a bipolar world that's fed off of like this really heightened state of emotion that um just feels very dark very dark and also just like all of the oligarchic power and everything it's just yeah very archonic times
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Obviously, I I agree. And, you know, uh, all of your albums sound cohesive to me. Like, I I don't know if you set out to make them as concept albums or if there's, you know, if you have a bunch of songs and then when you're picking them for the albums, if there is some some order in your mind or if it's coming together unconsciously. But, But I see this album in And make sure, you know, this is a great thing about being an amateur critic or an interviewer. Like, please tell me whenever I'm wrong, right? Just be like, you know, pull the Marshall McLuhan and Annie Hall thing and be like, you don't understand my work at all. Um, But uh, do you see Archon as a concept album or particularly interconnected?
1: Uh, I mean, it definitely was made with this kind of whole world in mind. And so um, that's what I love about making albums, but also it makes them a lot of work is that everything needs to feel really cohesive and it's like it's different, like each song is a different corner of this world that I'm trying to build. And um, that also includes my own personal catharsis through my own issues that I've been going through, then also like this, this sort of collective, um, just emotional tenor of the times. It all comes into this
0: conceptual, I mean, it's conceptual in that way and,
1: and sonically, but I'm not sure.
0: And the songs
1: are actually
0: all related, too, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, there's sort of the Gnostic said, as above, so below, but I think we could also say, as within, as without. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this album really does illustrate that principle. Like, I think a lot of people can, can get a lot out of it because they know what's going on in the world. Uh, they can see the sort of exterior focus, but uh, it's, it's very moving and powerful, the way that you're able to connect it to your, to your inner landscape. And, and I think that really comes across. Um, Nika, something cool that I stole from somebody smart that, that makes me sound smart when I say it is Gnosticism isn't about answers. It's about questions and about finding better questions. So what questions have been fascinating you
1: lately?
0: Lately or ever? Um, <laughs> yeah, lately and ever yeah, go for all
1: <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel like, uh, I feel like a defective human being because I'm constantly having a lot of panic about just like why we're here like what what there's no there's no evidence or proof about why we're here other than just like you know the the history of humanity and so that really stresses me out <laughs> but then also living here in this world in this incarnation and and um having to deal with like just the, the circumstances of, of existence and of the world we're in is very um, overwhelming for me, where it's like, this would be all so much easier if things just made sense. But things, um, So I don't know. They're all like, I think about things very deeply and on like macro levels in a way. Um, but then also within myself, like I've been doing a lot of shadow work and really like went through a strong ego death um, throughout the course of making this record and that was really illuminating because it showed me just like how the ills of the world are within each of us as well and so that we need to do the work to purge them um and there's something to be said about remaining sharp and and really keeping your mind sharp because it's so easy to get dragged into like this really dark emotional landscape um, these days.
0: For sure, but I, I think that that's all very profound and uh, gnostic prophetess <laughs> <And> Nika <laughs> Danilova. Look, if, if you want to start a cult, you have the charisma. You got the aesthetics. You know, you got a compound in the woods, like all sign up. <laughs> so I'm so sure fun. lots of people will.
1: Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not convinced. I'm not. I'm not committed enough to convincing people to follow me. <laughs> and I think that really that's what that what makes it. That's what makes a cult cool, is that that narcissism to believe that
0: you were the one that has the answer. Um, well, you know, it's uh, when you say that that you feel like you're a defective human. Uh, you know, I, I think that's right, but and that's the bad news. But the good news is, so are all eight billion of us. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's what it, I mean. That's what ultimately makes me feel so much empathy and love for for every human it is because we're all just different incarnations of the same traumatic confusion and so
0: it's like you know we're all in this together yeah like you, you know Gnosticism actually says we, we come out of trauma in a cosmic way actually mm-hmm. basically we're born through trauma you know twice you know once cosmically divinity the, through divinity and then again when we enter this world mm-hmm. and and I don't want you know, it's weird because, you know, I, I am a deacon, I, I have a small parish here in Montreal, but I, you know, if I could flip a switch and make everybody in the world religious, I, I wouldn't flip that switch because there's so many paths to the truth. But, but something I, I wish we did all share was this, this shared understanding of uh, lack, defectiveness uh trauma this 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 hole that is in everybody because because one that's that's what unites us and and two it, it it does just make us more loving and understanding you know the um original sin was is is and was a horrible idea and of course it was very mainstream so it was mainstream in many circles but everybody once believed it in the West more or less so I'm really glad that that's gone yeah but at, but at least one good thing about it was and i'm not i don't want the original sin to come back but one thing it did was you know it, it did allow everybody to, to have that connection you know that understanding of this right. of this this whole this lack uh, that 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 we do all share uh the other thing too is if we don't realize that it is everybody We all become heroes and villains right like Mm -hmm. and and sometimes and when i say we all become heroes and villains it's not necessarily thinking that you are the hero and everybody else is a villain it also makes us point to other people and say that they're heroes and they're perfect Mm -hmm. um and of course it also allows us to find a lot of villains and i I think you know that there's a lot of talk about call out culture cancel culture and and such and i i don't want to go into those cliches but but i think if we perhaps had this shared understanding of our of our shared brokenness you know this this wouldn't be an issue
1: yeah and i think that we're definitely poisoned by the christian fundamentalism always here in the states because that creates this like dichotomy of this binary between good versus evil and like righteous and evil doers and so it always assumes you're coming from a place of where you're righteous and i think in doing that you don't have the humility and vulnerability of actually going wait i am as evil as i am good you know and that's what i really learned through studying and practicing Buddhism, is really being able to embody the non-dualism of life and that we all contain our binary. So to project this like evilness onto other people is to basically negate the evilness in yourself, which makes them, whenever I'll do that, or I'll lash out at somebody, or I'll have that feeling of of anger, like they're bad, I'm good. I can turn it around and go, well, I'm, they're good and I'm bad, you know, just as much as it's the opposite. and that's something that I think that the the more we forget about that, that non-dualism where we need the two binaries together, like they're inseparable, um, the more we forget that, the, the more we think that that Earth is and the world is something that it's not, you know, that's very illusory thinking, I think. The good versus evil, the, 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 this really like, dichotomous understanding of, of just like human nature even.
0: Yeah. There's there's a lot to be said uh, about the power from just understanding that that everything is inherently contradictory, nothing is is perfect, uh, nobody is perfect. I know I'm kind of repeating myself here, and these are often cliches, right? But but it is very mm-hmm. powerful, and we don't actually believe it. And, and of course we're all capable of everything and the thing is you know this is something i want to talk about later is i i I like to think i'm a good person i try to do good things but i i hurt people constantly and i've been Mm -hmm. hurt by people constantly and i've taken things too personal and i know this is not just me and it's because we can't just point at a person or at a thing or anything in this mixed up world and say that Mm -hmm. this is pure be a pure good pure evil it's everything is a mix everything is in flux yeah. um it's it's this this sometimes frustrating sometimes beautiful uh uh dialectical dance uh mm-hmm. of of the interplay of, of opposites and I believe when you add up those opposites you, you do get a whole but of course it, this whole manifests itself through these these contradictions through these currents mm-hmm. through quote-unquote good and evil uh what have you and i suspect uh you know you may not have the exact same formulations and some of your your philosophical thinking but i suspect that, that we might be similar in those regards yeah i mean absolutely
1: like I, I just think it's important to be aware of the fact that like your point of view may not be sound either you know <laughs> and no. so like having that you know having that hubris is kind of like scary in a way um so yeah yeah Whew.
0: <laughs> so I, I do want to tell the people at home, you know, we have a question sheet and, and I did write out some of my long rants to, <laughs> to prepare <Zola laughs> Jesus for, for what she has to go through. So here's one of them. Um, I, I think one of the metaphors found in Gnosticism really applies to the creative process. Like when we conceive of, of a piece of art in our heads, uh, the sort of platonic ideal, it's, it's perfect it's in our heads as something that is completely perfect but when we materialize it when we literally bring it into the material world it gets kind of messed up kind of fucked up and then but there's life to this fucked up in this you know the work changes it grows it's no longer perfect but but it's alive do you find that your work takes on a life of its own like are there any songs or aspects of this new album that you weren't expecting or that you kind of discovered in the process or, or stuff that took on new meaning for you oh
1: the, the entire process like this actually was a record that I made um with the experiment of letting like letting the chi flow so basically my whole experiment was to get in the studio and then to get my demos work with someone that I trusted, and then whatever they came up with like if it didn't offend me I would just let the Qi flow you know but then if there was some sort of Blockage or something getting in the way of me feeling that the song was flowing, I would intervene. But but if I, I, if, if it's all good to me, I just let it go. And so that gave me this freedom of being able to bring in new ideas and bring in collaborations in a way where I wasn't so it, it it didn't feel as confrontational to me because I was letting it I was letting it take form in reality first in a way, even though the songs were written. Whereas in the past, I would meticulously hear that world in my head and then try to execute it and always fail and then feel sort of resentful that like it'll never be what's in my head and then on top of that i would say that like let's say i do have an album like i made archon i had the final mixes listening to it and, it, and for, for that moment the, the music is mine you know like the final product the music is mine but then the day that i give it away such as on Friday, June 24th when the album was, was released, it, it's no longer mine and it, I no longer, it no longer only responds to the context that I give it. And then when other people attach different contexts or feelings onto the music, it just becomes this totally different entity. And so
0: I listen to the record
1: a lot before I put it out because that's when I can, that's when I get to really like enjoy it. And then once I put it out, I can barely listen to it because it's just like, it becomes something else that I, I no longer can really like have to myself.
0: Yeah, so um, being lost and alienated—it's not exclusively a Gnostic theme, but but it's a major mm-hmm. one. What inspired your track "Lost," and and do you feel that this track ends on on a hopeful note? Hmm.
1: Yes, and I think it does. Um, well, what inspired "Lost" was. Uh, Unlike um, a more conceptual level, was just the feeling of like everyone that I I knew at the time, including myself, were are just really disillusioned with the prospects of creating meaning in our lives. Like that's tied into the system or society. Like you know, having all these skills and every so much potential, but then only being able to um, consent to like this extractive or exploitative labor and not really being able to have like a life of deep purpose and and sense of place. And so um, when I moved back to Wisconsin, I started to really reconnect with nature like, like I've always loved it, but then I I realized how nature gives me a place, gives me purpose. It it allows me to understand kind of the hierarchies of the, the kingdom of earth so much more clearly because when I'm stuck in this society, it's hierarchy within hum- humanity, which I find to be really convoluted and it doesn't make sense and like the overarching like hierarchies in the kingdom of like the entire world. And so, um, yeah, so it just makes it makes me feel more, um, I just feel like when I'm when I'm in nature, I understand like the game. I understand what life is all about. I, I, everything is clear to me, you know. And then once I go into a city or have to operate within this other context, it just all feels like this doesn't make sense. And like, and there's so much weird weirdness to it that doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of like I kind of went off on a track there, but that's basically what loss is about. It's just feeling like um, lost, you know.
0: And you know, this is the show for for going for going on rants, for going down yeah, rabbit holes, okay, okay. and, and of course, uh, just like the, the next question I'm going to ask. You know, some of these questions are, uh, "Hey, Nika, what's the meaning of life?" I'm not necessarily expecting you to Love have, it. you know, it, it. an amazing, amazing, <laughs> perfectly uh, thought out, systematic answer that is going to cure all of our problems, right? But hey, I just want to hear some of your speculations, thoughts, and then, as I said, questions. So, so continuing with lost. So I, I've noticed the same thing. Like I know so many people who are talented, compassionate, dynamic, and and they yeah. can't seem to find their place in society or or a use of their talents to to mm-hmm. to help people, to create their art, or what have you. Um, now the internet has worked out for for some people, not, not just artists, but also like academics, um, uh, some scholars, uh, para academics, uh, lots of interesting people. But mm-hmm. it hasn't worked out for for everybody. I, I don't even really know if it's worked out for the majority. Do you have any thoughts on on what these people that that we both know of the people that you wrote lost about about what 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 we could or should do hmm
1: honestly i think it sounds like an extreme answer but i think it's the only answer and that is to rebuild outside of the system that feels like it's exploiting us because trying to change it or trying to find your way through it is just really not going to happen Because the whole thing only survives and exists because of the very qualities that are so unfulfilling um, to the people that are participating in it or producing culture. So I honestly think there needs to be a movement where people that want to be a part of something much more spiritual or meaningful or profound come together and create that for themselves because it's just not going to happen in in this like neoliberal capitalist hellscape it's just (laughs) nothing can survive there's no air in a vacuum you know it's like it's 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 i think it's a lost hope at this point (laughs)
0: Yeah, I uh, I'm basically black pilled. Uh, my my reformist tendencies have been <laughs> squeezed out of me, so I I don't you know I don't have any answers. That one sounds as good to me as any of them. So that's so, all I can
1: think
0: of. No, it's it's perfect. It's, it's an amazing answer. So, so so you already mentioned this in the discussion uh, that 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 you felt like you were going through a lot of change and you actually experienced ego death. And I see this in the album a, a lot of themes of inner growth, change, internal mm-hmm. internal journey. Can you can you tell us about this process and of course if it's too personal you know you don't have to go that deep or you can go as deep as you want but can you tell us a little bit about this
1: yeah um so for like the past five years my life just completely turned upside down I went through a divorce i went through a bunch of uh, long-term relationships ending and so basically like almost every important relationship in my adult life in that moment on has like vanished and then um and then I was turning 30 so it was the whole Saturn return it really kicked my ass and I had to um, really face a lot of my demons and face also the realities of the world and also living in living in the loneliness of being the only one that can kind of do the work to fix myself um, that just put a lot on on my lap that I felt like I could no longer ignore and so um, in working through all of that and feeling like I had to build myself from the ground up again um, it took a long time and it was very you know it's just just like anything like building up this life and then it kind of everything changing overnight and then you have to figure out who you are without it it's like um, turns out that I feel like I'm a lot better now. <laughs> like facing the ego death, the like, psychic death. Like really, like going into the cave and like um, really looking within was incredibly profound, and I was able to let go of so much baggage. But um, but that's like gnarly stuff. And now I know why people put it off, like, <laughs> or they repress it, or they compartmentalize, because ooh, it can be hard when you're just staring, staring at yourself, and and The mistakes you've made or or not and you know the life that you're that you're already living because when when you turn 30 it's like okay this is my life like this is a life this is a lifetime and there's a lot of karmic work to be done before you know before i go so it's up to me to make it happen
0: yeah um I, I can sound particularly insightful into this work, because if I don't tell the people at home that you actually left some some notes on each of the songs on Genius, but uh, I, I guess <laughs> I will reveal that. But uh, in your notes for the fall, um, you mentioned the hero's journey. Uh, so I guess this also connects to what we were just talking about, like, do you find this a useful concept? Do you think it's, quote unquote, real for everybody? Is it just real for you? And the second part of my question is that at the end of the journey, the, the hero returns home having a sort of gnosis. Like, do you feel like you completed a hero's journey cycle or, or are you still on it?
1: I think I completed it. Um, and I think I'm still trying to build the habits that I learned. Um, because when you go through that sort of like inner excavation, there's habits. Habits of thinking, habits of reacting. and taking care of those that's a practice you know and so i'll find myself reacting to to a situation in a way where i know that i'm letting my shadow kind of take over and you could go nope nope we don't do that anymore (laughs) um but uh i do i definitely believe that i was on a hero's journey and that's something that randall done the co-producer and i bonded over um, is that he saw i was going through it and he really you know, he, he said he loves the hero's journey, and so so we kind of bonded over that. That being the course of the record as well.
0: Well, talking about cycles and cycling back, so in the songs, The Fall, Fault, Desire, I, I see repeating themes of of hurting and being hurt by those close to us. And like I was saying before, it, it's a bit of a cliche, but, but I see due to our fallibility, and it is almost inevitable, though of course, we can lower it by doing the shadow work and self-observation and the hard work that you're talking about, we can at least mm-hmm. lower it a bit. But due to our fallibility, often about mal- malice, we we hurt those close to us. And I guess a a very, again, I, I, I don't expect a a systematic answer, but how do we live like this? If it's inevitable,
1: (laughs) I think we just need to be kinder to ourselves and to everyone around us and to, you know, not be afraid to stand up for what you need and to speak for what you need, but also to not, um, to not be afraid of changes that are made and things that happen because I, I think it goes back into that that villain versus kind of like righteous person, um, hero versus villain where it's like, it's so easy for us to kind of protect ourselves by, by, you know, pointing blame at somebody else, whereas sometimes there is no one to blame. And I know it's easier to take, take the blame out on someone you can direct your anger and sadness and depression, but. I think that can also be really unhealthy i just think that a lot of interpersonal relationships are really they're also suffering from these arconic times as well you know we're all just very um repressed in many ways because we're told that we're not able to understand nuance (laughs) this world is not very nuanced and so um that also happens on a micro level i think
0: yeah, no I, no, I agree, and I, I think there's this idea that this is a time of particular social freedom uh, and self-expression, but I find it to be a very repressive time, and I find that people mm-hmm. do a lot of repressing by telling themselves that they're they're so free. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel that a lot,
1: especially just being like, feeling like when I stand up for myself, I get reprimanded or castigated, but then I'm told that, like, I am free in a way, where it just doesn't really make sense.
0: Yeah, um, I, I got into modern Gnosticism through a, a French mystic named Louis-Claude de Saint-Martin, and he obsessively wrote about desire, and he said, for our really? salvation. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually, um, the, the, uh, I'm actually part of a sort of a Gnostic group called Martinism, where, where we study his works, and and we actually sort of found it confusing at first, because when we... Read about desire in a religious context. It's usually a negative, right? Not exclusively. Not not in Vajrayana Buddhism, for instance. But in but in you know mainstream Buddhism, the desires often looked as as kind of a negative thing, something we had to work through. Uh, obviously, lots of forms of uh, of Christianity, you know, desire is viewed as, mm-hmm. as as kind of an enemy. Uh, but Louis Claude he said that we have to stop being people of the torrent, uh, people of the river, people who are caught up in the flooding stream of life, and instead we have to become people desire and what he and He means a lot by that. I, you know, I can't get into it, but yeah. we're reorienting. It's also understanding our desire, but reorientating our desire, knowing that it is inevitable and fixating our, our desire on, on the, on divinity and, uh, reorientating that, uh, towards there and in Gnosticism, like it's Sophia's desire that, that causes the divine fall. Uh, but it's also the source of its salvation. Because she desires, you know, so so greatly for this reconciliation. And even though I say the fall, and you know we've talked a lot about the negatives of this world, uh, I, I'm not one of those people who, who thinks that we're here to to learn and suffer, but I haven't been able to articulate that it is important that we're here um and again I, I don't know if I believe in Gnosticism literally or figuratively uh you know if this is just a philosophical metaphor or if there is you know something out there but but to make a long story short the the expression of consciousness needs materiality and it's it's not always fun and I don't know why and I haven't figured it out and I never will but that comes through desire in in the Gnostic sense right materiality comes through desire so what does desire mean for you and, and do you see a cosmic angle to desire
1: Yes, that's cool. That's interesting because i i really struggled with understanding desire because I feel like it is so multifaceted. In the beginning, I thought, okay, desire is bad, but I'm somebody that that um, feels like maybe on a cosmological sense feels like desire is like this innate creative force. It's the thing that keeps one alive. Like desire is a birth in some ways because it, it is it is the hope of something to come, and so. I find desire to be really motivating, and that's actually what um, I I was kind of inspired to. Well, I spent some time at Zen Mon- Rinzai Zen Monastery, um, and I asked my Roshi about desire actually, because I said, you know, desire. I start, you know, I, I like should I should I turn my back on desire and the things that that it pushes me to do? You know, because desire is bad. And he said, no, there's a thing as wholesome desire and wholesome desire is great because that is the impetus that is the birth of, of, of a potential awakening you know and um, and I find that to be really beautiful so then I think about desire as it's very just like yeah this very creative entity that like when when I feel it enter into me like this desire feeling I feel like I'm unstoppable <laughs> and that's a, such an amazing feeling because it's this feeling of energy and of life and, and and reaffirming the creative, potential of life, you know, um, that's what I like. I like the unknowns of life and the surprise. And I think desire makes me feel like very
0: awakened in that way. Yeah. Well, uh, talking about, uh, awakening, uh, Zen Buddhism, <sighs> uh, non-dualism, what do you consider yourself a non-dualist? And, and what does non-dualism mean for you?
1: Well, um, I struggled a lot with non-dualism. Um, because it just didn't make sense to me because i was just like wow okay well you know i see good and evil black and white like the world is is made of these two things you know and then um i went to the monastery and i participated in this shigendo ritual which is shigendo is this uh practice or tradition um, of like mountain buddhism that incorporates aspects of shinto Mm -hmm. and the monastery that i that I, like my sangha or whatever is also a, a shigendo practice place and so they did this um ritual and um there was this fire and you know we were throwing things in the fire and there was like chanting of course um, it was for Futo mio, this this deity in shigendo um anyway just throughout the just the mayhem of the of the ceremony happening and just how overwhelming it was, I became overwhelmed with this idea of of all of the elements combining together in order to create one thing, and that not not one element can be removed. And then I under then I started to understand how black and white, good and evil, all that are inextricably linked in a way that that you just can't I couldn't ignore anymore. Like I couldn't see somebody and judge them for bad things knowing that they also have the good things like that they create that they you know what i mean that they continue their binary and so that was um just really over it was really fascinating to me to to have that sort of insight and then to follow it and um it's hard because our our world is so dualistic in the way that the media is and the way that people treat each other and it's very like yeah, again, like fundamentalist in that in that respect, but um but I see things differently now. And so it's hard to integrate that worldview, like a non-dualistic worldview, into like Western, being like a Western musician and having to be like, like I will not play the game. I know I, I know the truth. I know the truth. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, for sure, and, and I think myself and a lot of people, you know, obviously a lot of spiritual curious people uh, watch and listen to this show, and, and you know, I've had similar experiences also on retreats and in meditation centers, yeah. and then it's like, okay, well now now I know, right? And then I come back to the real world where I have to, you know, go to my job and interact with my wife and you know uh, deal with the frustrations of life, and it's and it's it's like, oh, okay, well why why is that gone? You know, it was so clear when I when I was when I was <laughs> yeah. up there the mountain so it, it really it really is a struggle even after having these these profound insights these profound experiences
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: well that's uh I, I think we're already at wrap up uh it's been uh, amazing I, I can't wait for uh your next album which i will again bother you to come on the show and talk about can't um wait, but about yeah uh the, so uh plugs again are, are you doing any touring so zolajesus.com uh but are you doing any tours or anything else you want to promote uh related to our con or related to your work before before we sign off
1: yeah well my record, record is out now and i'm about to go on a tour with the cult and black rebel motorcycle club in like the midwest and the east and so in, in the states so check out zolajesus.com for tour dates um and i'll be going on a u.s tour and hopefully beyond hopefully canada
0: yeah uh, to, to Montreal. I, great city yeah, yeah. I love Montreal. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome okay thanks again oh wait uh, i'm gonna you. quickly do my plugs uh hey we're talking about meditation and stuff uh what, what am I, I i'm a freelance writer but i, I also uh, teach mindfulness-based stress reduction as part of that I, I do free meditation every sunday morning it's it's how i uh keep my meditation instructing Talents sharp, and also how I give back, because I am a little uncomfortable charging for meditation, but I also need to eat. So, uh, that's 11 a.m. Montreal time. It's free. Uh, go to mylandmeditation.substack.com. There's a newsletter there you can sign up that just gives you the link and lets you know, you know, if, if it's on. Sometimes I have to cancel or or, or things come up. Uh, check that out. Holygrail.substack.com is my parish in Montreal. Uh, the O.N.I. Church sponsors this podcast. Um, they've got a great program that is free at Joanite.org slash that's the wrong link uh yoanite.org slash learn uh they have a free course there that is the introduction to the joanite tradition i uh, highly recommend it you'll love it it'll be fun it's not meant to brainwash you but if you have any kind of interest in Gnosticism, in organized Gnosticism, uh check that out people i think you will get uh an awesome kick out of it one last plug uh, gcast.ie is where i'm going to school it is an alternative deaf free university i'm doing research on gnosticism there you should just check it out even if you don't want to go to school if you want to go to school you you should go there but uh you may want to keep an eye on them and their youtube channel because they are always releasing awesome talks from some of the world's best scholars okay this is goodbye for real <laughs> thanks again nika for thank, thank everybody you so much followers.
1: have a good one
0: You too.